Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of the Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. And be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we continue our study of the book of Galatians by looking at Galatians chapter 4, verses 8 through 20. If you have a Bible with you, follow along while I read. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world, whose slaves you want to become once more? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid I may have labored over you in vain. Brothers, I entreat you, become as I am, for I also have become as you are. You did me no wrong. You know it was because of a bodily ailment that I preached the gospel to you at first, and though my condition was a trial to you, you did not scorn or despise me, but received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus. What then has become of your blessedness? For I testify to you that, if possible, you would have gouged out your eyes and given them to me. Have I then become your enemy by telling you the truth? They make much of you, but for no good purpose. They want to shut you out that you may make much of them. It is always good to be made much of for a good purpose. And not only when I'm present with you, my little children, for whom I again am in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. I wish I could be present with you now and change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. In this section of Scripture, Paul is still dealing with the effect that false teachers have had on the churches in Galatia. Part of the effectiveness of these false teachers had been their ability to connect in a personal way by making much of them as Paul says, by putting them on some kind of pedestal, making them feel important, feel significant. Paul says he understands this because being affirmed is great when it's for a good purpose. But the people who were affirming the Galatians were people who were looking to manipulate that feeling, to get what they wanted when these people of Galatia felt indebted to them. Paul reminds his readers, that the greatest affirmation that we can have is to be affirmed by God. To receive and appreciate that affirmation that comes from God, Paul says you have to know God. And there is a difference between knowing God and knowing about God. And there are a lot of people walking around, even claiming to be Christian, who don't have a personal relationship with God. They just know a lot of things about him. But Knowing about God doesn't empower us. The true power comes from having God in us and having that relationship. Not knowing God leaves us enslaved. It's our knowing of God that allows us to be free from the shackles of sin and be able to pursue the purposes that he's given us. 
when we only know about God, our master is actually something that could never be God. In this case, for the Galatians, it was these teachers that were telling them that they had to also be Jews to be good Christians. They were listening to these people who could never be God or take the place of God. And because they didn't know God, they didn't know the difference. See, knowing God is an intimate experience. It's not dropping by to visit God. It's living with him. It's not just showing up at church periodically or sitting down for a quiet time, reading a Bible verse or saying a prayer periodically. It's living with him. It's not just doing what pleases him. It's loving what he loves. A lot of us can make ourselves do the things that God wants because we don't want to make God angry. But it's a very different experience when we fall in love with the things and the people that he does and we treat them accordingly. See, knowing God, this intimate experience is not just avoiding hell. It's experiencing his grace. But Paul says it's not just that we know God. It's that we've been known by God. Paul writes to another church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 3. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. This being known by God brings us freedom and love. Paul writing to another church in Rome, Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 1, says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that our suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Paul, in this letter to Rome, talks about the freedom we have to access God by faith and be a part of his grace. And he mentions the love that God pours into our heart when we are known by him. It means that we're a people that are free to reach their potential. We're a people free to reach God. And we're a people whose hearts are full of God's love. That love will bring satisfaction and joy to us. And that love will overflow into the lives of others. So Paul mentions knowing God and being known by God. But what he communicates in this letter and all the other letters that he writes for that matter is that the fullest expression of knowing God and being known by God is found within the body of Christ. When we want to know God, we find that in a community of believers. When we want to be known by God and experience God's grace and mercy and love, that happens for us within the body of Christ. Another apostle, John, writes in 1 John chapter 4, verses 10 through 12, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that 
He loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. When we read that last phrase, when we love one another, God is living in us and his love is perfected or completed in us. It finds its completion. It finds its fulfillment. It finds its ultimate purpose when we're loving one another. God's love that's been poured out in us and is shared among one another finds its ultimate purpose. If we want to know God, we want to be known by God, and we want to experience that fullest expression of those things, that happens in the body of Christ. For those who are tempted to think that they can do without an affiliation with a local church, that all they need is Jesus, but not to be a part of the body of Christ. We miss out on one of the main vehicles that God is using to give love and show love and develop love in us. I do know that there are churches that don't fulfill that purpose. I wouldn't go to those. When you find a church that's doing the things that God wants and It's done in a way that shares the grace and mercy, the love of God, because it's been poured out in their hearts and they're sharing it with others. That's where we thrive. That's where we find the fullness of our purpose and experience knowing God and being known by God. And as Paul is teaching the churches in Galatia about this idea, he's letting them know that affirmation from your brothers and sisters in Christ, it is a valued aspect of that body in Christ because it serves the purpose of building one another up in Christ, again, so that we can better know God and be known by God. Affirmation is important, but it can't be something that's manipulative. It can't be something for a bad purpose. It needs to be for a good. The children of God should know one another and affirm one another. The problem becomes when affirmation is the goal, because it should never be the goal. Paul has already said in Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, am I seeking the approval of man or of God? He's making the point that it's very important to do what God wants, seek his approval, his affirmation, and not that of people, because they can use that against you. Jesus teaches on the Sermon on the Mount that when we do things to be affirmed by others, that affirmation is the only reward we get. It's the people who are willing to do it for the Father and even do it in secret that are affirmed by him and receive the blessings and rewards from it. Paul warns a young preacher named Timothy in a letter to him about tickling itching ears, telling people what they want to hear. See, people will manipulate the feelings that come from that to elevate themselves. That's not what being a part of the body of Christ is about. That's not what church should be doing is setting a a pecking order for who's most impressive. We should be affirming each other to spur one another on to the good works that glorify God himself. Because there's a danger in becoming enslaved to the words and attitudes of others. When we care more about what they think about us and what they say to us than what God thinks and what God says, we often confuse what we want to hear 
with what we need to hear. Because we desire so badly to hear those words of affirmation, to hear that we're okay, to hear that we're liked by a certain group of people, we often think that's what we need to hear. But sometimes the things we need to hear may be a little harsh. They may be very convicting. They may be life-changing. They may be difficult to, to sort through at first. But when they better help us fulfill the purposes of God, to get us refocused on the work at hand and to be occupied with the opportunities that God's presented us with. We need to make sure that we're eager to hear the things that we need, that cause us to grow, that build faith in us, and not the things that make us feel comfortable with where we already are. Another danger of being enslaved to that mentality is that we're often more concerned about how things make us feel rather than how things make us better? Are are we allowing God to transform us and grow us into the people he always intended us to be? Or are we concerned about how we feel about things and that is driving all of our decision-making? There's a danger there. It gets us off purpose. It can quench the work of the Spirit in our lives and it can enslave us to the attitudes and the words of the world. See, our affirmations of one another should spur us on to good works, as we've already mentioned. Good works are the strength of free people. It's difficult to do the right thing when you're bound by sin. But since we've been set free, we now have the strength to do those good things that we were designed to do. We're told in Scripture that meeting the needs of others is a blessing in and of itself and makes us a blessed or a favored people. When we allow the affirmation that we get from the body of Christ to spur us on to good works, we will eagerly receive others, welcome them into our lives, look for ways to be helpful. And we're told in Scripture that when we're willing to receive others, we're receiving Christ. Jesus tells a story about a final judgment when people are told that they did well because they fed Jesus and they clothed Jesus and they visit him in prison and they visit him when he was sick and they all look at him and say, Jesus, when did we ever do that? And Jesus said, when you did it for the least of these, you did it for me. If we see affirmation as a goal unto itself, we're going to be enslaved by that. When we take the affirmation of our brothers and sisters in Christ and use that as motivation to continue doing the good works God has given us, we will actually be doing the work of Christ. We will be serving others and by extension, serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, colerachurchofchrist.org, or Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. 